general nerdery. Not only are we doing a Muppets episode, but we are doing a Muppets episode about the band. If there ever would have been a time for me to do a song again in the intro, like I used to do every week, this would be the time to do it. And I would like to say that I didn't do this because we are always defying expectations and pushing the boundaries of what, but I fucking forgot. <laughs> So, welcome to General Fucking Nerdery, your podcast about liking things and apparently not doing the songs that I was gonna do. I mean, you could have done the fucking <laughs> theme song to the thing. Oh, congratulations, you will be singing this theme song from Up It's Mayhem a lot. You know what? In the future. I liked this theme song. It never got stuck in my head. Honestly, every time I think of the band, I think of Can You Picture That? Can you picture that? That's fucking fantastic. Like a hurricane, electricity rolling through my brain. No, it's it's there. Been wild and free. Meant to be. Okay, anyways. Uh, yeah, we're doing Muppets Mayhem today because not enough people have heard about this show. I don't know. It, like, it snuck in out of nowhere, and it's so fucking good. But... Before that, as I said, welcome to General Nerdy, your podcast about liking things. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Steven. He's already mentioned. We're doing this in bad order because I Hi. am not paying much attention today. Um, what have we been ingesting? Not like, honestly, like not Fucking much. jack all. Yeah. It's been <laughs> the holidays. We've been busy. I imagine we, we are recording this on New Year's Day. We should mention that. But <laughs> right. Like the holidays have been happening. I've rewatched a lot of shit, basically. Yeah, a lot of comfort watching, like when I have had something on, just like shit I've seen just in the background. Um, I guess for me, the big things are uh, I have start. I might have mentioned it last time. I can't remember when I started. I think I did mention it last time because I think I started a while ago and then just didn't fin get further until recently. Uh, but I've been continuing my read through of Immortal Hulk. I think I only have like 18 more issues to go. That's not much. No. That's a fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. I knocked out a shit ton of it the other night. It is the greatest Hulk run ever written, which is weird because it's the weirdest Hulk run ever written. It's so good. And like this, some of it, I reread what we had read before Mm -hmm. and I started noticing even more stuff. I was like, because I think whenever we We talked, it was a long time ago. We read like the first 10 issues or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I remember then pointing out like, oh yeah, the uh, radioactive ants that get like knocked into dude's face are just the aliens from starship troopers. And it's pretty obvious when you're looking at them, Mm -hmm. but there's other super deep cut horror shit that I noticed this time around. Um, The cemetery that, Rick Scott is buried in Rick Jones. Rick Jones. <laughs> Rick Scott is, I believe, a Republican Rick, congressman. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think you mean Rick, Rick Jones. James. <laughs> yeah, Rick James. <laughs> uh, no, is the Severin Cemetery, and Severin is like a giant um, horror distributor. Nice. That makes sense. Uh, Al Ewing, who writes it, is top two of Marvel's working writers. He's so fucking good. He's doing Immortal Thor right now, and it is. Everyone was like, what is this going to be? You can't fucking like you can't just do Immortal Hulk, but with Thor. And he's like, no, I'm doing. Immortal Thor, like I'm taking that more and just doing. That character to the furthest extent, so like he was scared of Hulk 
as a kid because those early Hulk stories, like before it became the Incredible Hulk, the the original run was just called Hulk. It only lasted like ten issues. It got canceled fast. Was all about the Hammer Horror shit. It was <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. It was Jekyll and Hyde. It was legit scary. Yeah. And so Mortal Hulk's like, let's do that. <laughs> Oof, yeah, some fucked up stuff happens in that run. Holy cow. Um, stuff that we've talked about on other episodes, even. Because mm-hmm. the, the one that still jumps to mind is, like, the guy, the Hulk reforming around the guy. Oh, yeah, that's... Mm, just Ewing has such a body horror view of the Hulk anyways, so... So that was, that's been great. Um, even though I started a long time ago, the holidays got in the way. So finally, just last night, I finished the first season of Fargo um, and am now all the way up to almost the season finale of the second season. Uh, it continues to be just fucking amazing. Um, it is an anthology series, though. So like the second season it's wildly different. Yeah, is so the first season set in 2006 and the second season set in 1979. Yep. Oh, wow. Juno Temple from uh, Ted Lasso's in the most recent season. In the recent season, yeah, along with John Hamm. Dude, every one of the seasons, the cast is... Isn't Chris Rock in one of them? Fucking wild. Yeah, he's... I think he's in season four? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that... I haven't... I don't... I've just realized I don't watch a lot of, like, premiere television. I'm doing the air quotations. Mm -hmm. You can't see him. But, like, you know the kind I mean of, like... Every episode super fucking matters. You can't miss one. And it's always fucking sad as fuck. But Fargo is supposed to be some of the better of the like. It's really good because <laughs> it's like. For the most part, it's just like a really well entwined murder mystery, except it's not a mystery for the viewer. Like we're getting to see it all and getting to watch them try to figure it out, figure yeah. it out. Is it kind of like a Columbo-esque kind of thing where it's a. Did you see the Fargo movie? Uh, uh, yes, but it's been a while. The first season is kind of a retelling of the Fargo movie. Kind no. of. No. Oh, no? I thought it was. No, no. It's just, it's, it's obviously inspired by, ah. is the way that I would put it. It's not a retelling at all, but when you're watching it, you're like, oh, I, I get it. Like, she's, she's Marge Gunderson, even if she's not Marge Gunderson. Okay, like, okay, that's... Well, uh, Martin Freeman's in the first season. Like, Mar- yeah, shit. Martin Freeman, Billy Bob Thornton, Key and Peele. Um, God, this second season has been insane. Fucking Bruce Campbell shows up as Ronald Reagan. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. That's so good. <laughs> Knowing it's a murder mystery, that that make, that sells me out of a lot more, in all honesty. Well, yeah, and it, like I said, it's not like a mystery for you, though you know exactly what happened and you're watching like in the second season, you're watching, um, fucking what's his name? Patrick, Patrick Wilson, night owl. Um, like him saw, uh, you mean Kronk? No. Oh, that's Patrick Warburton. Oh, sorry. Oh <laughs> my God. I would have been in if that was Patrick Warburton. <laughs> I got so excited for Patrick Warburton. Um, uh, sorry. Patrick Wilson played night owl in oh. the Watchmen movie. And he's also in the Annabelle universe, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's the conjuring guy. Yeah. 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 Same age. Um, yeah. It's like him as like the local sheriff trying to figure out what's going on and you know, everything that went on and it just happens to be 
fucking wild as hell because these like bumfuck nowhere, like it's the Fargo mafia versus the Kansas city mafia. <laughs> I have awesome. family in Fargo. Oh my God. I can... <laughs> and like this, it's like a mob war happens, but like an accidental killing happens in the middle of it where like this, like housewife just accidentally murks the kid of the like Fargo, North Dakota fucking mob family. To be honest, and if you is just trying to get away with it because she just freaks out and she's like, I I can't go to the cops. Like To be honest, if you're running crime in a place like Fargo, you are probably surprisingly hardcore. Cause like there's not a bunch of people there, but it's it is a rural city. So you're gonna get the violence from both sides. Or like the first season, like Billy Bob Thornton rolls through town as like a mob hitter. So he kills some people for parts of contracts, but as like a side thing that his character just likes to do is like uh, eavesdrop on people and then like insert himself into their lives and try to convince themselves to like do acts of revenge. And so he convinces Martin Freeman to kill his wife in the beginning of the first episode. Christ wilds. And so like, there's a, an actual crime element, but this there's also this killing just completely not involved with that just because Billy Bob's a fucking psycho in that season. And then you're having to watch the cops, like have to figure out like, okay, we're going and you know, checking out this crime scene and going on with this. And Bob Odenkirk's a fucking dumbass, And so he fucks things up and, this makes me want to watch Columbo. Well, finish watching Columbo. Dude, I loved Columbo as a kid. I've never actually watched it until just recently. I watched like a couple of episodes of it. I've only seen like random smatterings. I just uh, a group of it's on Peacock. I think most of it um, uh, is they're just like movie TV movie mo- uh, murder mysteries where it's basically, you know what happened and it's all about him trying to figure out how to pin it on them essentially. Mm. Or him figure it out, and it follows a lot of classic detective formula, but instead of you know Hercule Poirot or Sherlock Holmes, it's just this kind of schlubby guy uh, who loves his wife and has a dog. Uh, crime thriller, I guess, not so much murder mystery. That's crime yeah. thriller, cool, or kind of like you know, kind of like the British crime thrillers and stuff, where you see everything that's going on, but all the characters only have little bits of what's going on. So you get to see how that all plays against each other. Interesting. Um, I should go to try. It's really fucking, and it written by Noah Hawley, the guy that did Legion. Oh, I love Legion. I still need to finish. Hawley gets really high reviews on everything he does too. For amazing reason. Yeah. (laughs) What is what I'm currently learning. And, uh, the second season, uh, has Zahn McLarnon as maybe the scariest character in the show. I don't know who's on McLarnon. Big. From reservation dogs. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. It just took me a sec. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He usually plays terrifying human beings, and then instead in Res Dogs, he's the goofiest fucker. <laughs> plays big, the conspiracy theory, super kind tribal cop. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Uh, last episode we promised, because we had to split it into two episodes, that we had promised that we were going to do Res Dogs part, season two, part two. But. Well, Christmas and New Year's happened. We just did not have time. So next episode, we will do Res Dogs Part 2. 
just realized we had promised that. And then we're like doing something else. So because it's the holidays, I just wanted to bring this up because I have I've actually found that I, I really enjoy it a lot more than I thought I was ever going to. But uh, my family just puts on all of the fucking Christmas movies back to back to back whenever I'm home for the holidays. <laughs> I see all of them. Uh, but last year, I think it came out. Let's see. 2022, they came out with Scrooge, A Christmas Carol. And it's just an animated adaptation of the 1970s Scrooge with Albert Finney, which is the one that like Scrooge is kind of a parody of. Okay. Oh, I watched Scrooge for the first time as an adult that like can remember watching Scrooge. I don't know if I've ever seen it. If I did, I was young. It's fucked up. It's weird. (laughs) I would not like it's fine to watch, but like it's it's weird. Um, Bill Murray's just a mega fucking asshole in it. Yeah. And we don't know if he redeems himself. If, if you've seen any movie he's ever been in, I can't find myself overly surprised. Yeah, it's it's one of those things like obviously every Scrooge story is based off of the novella. But most of but them are kind of based off that. I, I, most of them are based more off of the 1970 version. Albert Finney, Alec Guinness. Yeah, a bunch of other people. But yeah, they basically just did an animated version based off the same script. Um, like it, they even credit like that director and screenwriter and stuff from the nineteen oh, seventies cool. one, and they just like update the music and like use the animation to really like give it a a more supernatural flair when the ghosts and stuff are coming in. It turns out I really like it. Nice. Oh, I have seen this one. Not the animated version. I'm looking at the original. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 70s. I like life. Life likes me. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. It came on and I sat there watching it and I was like, oh, you know, I I think this might be the version of Scrooge. I kind of put on as a default if I'm going to watch this story. Sorry, but Muppet Christmas Carol still exists. Um. I know, but like, <laughs> I, yes, I, I watched Scrooge and I was just like so sadly disappointed. I immediately put on uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow because I just, thanks to scheduling problems, didn't get to it on Christmas. And I will not go two years not watching that movie. Like that's unacceptable to my soul. Yeah. I just, I really wanted, I wanted to bring it up because I was surprised at how much I was like, oh shit. No, like this is actually, well, and I, like, I do like the 71, so. There's a lot of great versions of Muppet Christmas Carol, not Muppet Christmas, just normal Christmas Carol. But there's also the Jim Carrey one that came out. So like, I'm not super trusting when they tell me they're doing (laughs) another version of this. Steven, anything fun? Um, me and my partner started Loki season two. Oh, I still need to do that. Um, it's very good. From we're only two episodes in. Um, and uh, we're liking what we've seen. It's been the holidays, so we watched a bunch of Christmas movies. Uh, my partner watched. I don't. She was last I checked forty five. Christmas movies. Holy shit. Um, uh, a lot of Hallmark and like that level. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we like, she like watched a couple new ones and like, I saw a trailer for one that I was like, you need to watch this one. This one looks like you'll enjoy it. I think all three of them are all on Amazon prime. Um, your Christmas or mine. And then we watched the uh, sequel that came out this year, your Christmas or mine too. And it's got Asa Butterfield. Who's in the sex education. Oh, um, uh, Ender he was Ender. from Ender's yeah. game? <laughs> he was um, Ender. 
Yeah, uh, and he's in a Hallmark movie. Things have not gone. No, no, it's him. actually just like a Amazon. Oh, okay. But it's like a mid-budget, like Christmas yeah, no, movie type thing. Um, the, they are newly dating couple, uh, and like invite each other to Christmas w- with each other, but like can't go to. They have to go home for Christmas. They can't like, but like invite each other to join each other, and then they're on the trains, and the last moment decide, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go." To their Christmas instead of mine, and they don't communicate this, and they end and up, they both show up at the opposite, and they have to spend Christmas with their respective families, and it's just like what a an whole incredibly thing. uncomfortable situation for everyone involved. Oh, and of course, there's like a dead mom narrative um, uh, that I didn't know about, um, uh, uh, and like, but otherwise, really fun, and like got like some like charming like. Mix up travel Christmas energy and then sequel uh, adds uh, Jane Krakowski from uh, 30 oh. Rock um, as oh, like Jane a, Krakowski. As Which one a, is she? Is she's uh, the she's uh, plays uh, what's her name? Jenna. Um, yes, I love. do love her. Um, uh, she she's just like a fucking fancy ass writer who's now dating the dad of one of the characters. They're just like introduced as just like a new character to the series. And then the other one is This is Christmas, which uh, has, oh, I can't remember his name, but he's in the first season of How to Get Away with Murder. And unfortunately, the other thing that he's most known for is the Harry Potter franchise. He plays Dean Thomas. Mm. You know what? I'm just going to say it. It doesn't have to be, unfortunately. He can just be, whether we like Harry Potter or not, it doesn't have to be a shame that they were part of this, like, giant cultural event. Alfred Enoch. Thank you random fucking movie where he's just like something happens on the train and they all like come together as a, as a people who are all taking the same train together constantly. Um, and then he realizes that they don't know anything about each other and he invites them all to a Christmas party. He plans. That sounds like a bad idea. Um, and it's just delightful and charming and it's got a, a, a woman from skins. Effie, I think she played on skins. I don't remember. I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> But it's it's really fucking good Christmas movie that's just like delightfully like non like it's it's just like oh it's got fucking the guy who plays Wormtail in uh, a Harry Potter too, dude that guy's creepy as fuck. He's creepy as fuck, but he plays a delightfully just like charming old guy who like had uh, is like post alcoholic uh, like was famous got became an alcoholic is now recovered and is just like living his life. I'm. Sure, he's actually a lovely human being. I feel bad when I say something, but he just plays creepy characters a lot. And my main memory of that guy is, I think the movie was called Gothic. It is a retelling of the night that Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and them. Oh, okay. All, but through a like kind of psychosexual view, and I think they were drinking a bunch of laudanum in this version. And the times that I watched it, I was coming down from my first ever mushroom trip, and it wasn't a good trip. And oh, why so, would you watch that? On a- because my roommate put it on. Your roommate? No, you know what? I understand. I've put on really <laughs> bad choices during this mushroom is, trips. This is the same trip. <laughs> they were like, okay, if you get overloaded, we're going to do the time warp and i'm like i don't know what that is and they're like you'll be fine what <laughs> what do you mean like from rocky horror we're gonna yes do- but i had never seen rocky horror at this point 
So they had this, because the idea is like, you know, you do the, like, we do mm-hmm. this, we do this, and you follow the motions, and you can kind of reset. But I did not know what the motions were, so I'm completely lost in my own hometown on a bad trip, and they're trying to tell me to do a step to the left, and the blah, 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 and I was just like, right, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. And then I get home, and he's like... I'm going to put on a movie Zach loves to calm him down. This is my very sweet first roommate. Love him to death. The least responsible person I've ever known in my life, but the kindest human being ever. And he's like, I'll put on a movie Zach loves. And he put on Moulin Rouge. <laughs> um, and okay. It was going. Not and the worst not, idea. Not the worst. He's sitting there being like, this was a great choice. And then the fucking do the can, can, can bit starts playing. Like the really intense first dance in it and I apparently just went <gasps> and he's like we're gonna change <laughs> like we I got w- no we got to the to the uh scene in the gothic tower like tower of the elephant where like Roxanne is playing and okay she gets attacked and that's when I had to be like we have to stop <laughs> one quick question what would we play for Zach on a come down right now <laughs> Knowing him right now, not saying he's coming on the come down. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be a wild episode, boys. Um, Muppets Mayhem. Um, oh, Muppets man. Mayhem actually is a great choice. I was gonna say like uh, Muppets, um, uh, uh, Muppets from Space. That's the, a good one. Treasure Island. Treasure Island's a great one. Um, I know the All Star Superman calmed me down once. The animated, well, most Superman things I find really good because I find it kind of like peaceful and inspiring. All-Star Superman so 4, A Quest for Peace. Not that one. <laughs> All-Star is so good. Yeah, the, the comic's better, but the adaptation is pretty solid. Wally's pretty good. Loki, bunch of Christmas movies. Watched a uh, 2001 comedy classic um, uh, in that it was constantly played on Comedy Central, um, uh, Out Cold. Oh, I thought oh, you were going to say the Hebrew Hammer. King of the Mountain. Dude, I watched Out Cold King so much as a kid. King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. <laughs> Um, uh, starring uh, Jason London. Uh, I can't John- remember. I couldn't remember if it was Jason or Jeremy. <laughs> um, the guy uh, from Mallrats and a few other people. Lee Majors, Zach Galifianakis. Um, uh, oh, Tom, Tom Lennon's in it. Thomas Lennon's oh, in it. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, Is he the gay bartender that's pretending he's not gay? No, he's that's Roy from The Office. Um, Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> um, also, uh, David Keckner's in it. Yes. Um, who's also in the office as um, Tom Todd Packer. Packer. Todd Packer. Cat uh, watched it with me uh, for the first time, and she pointed these out to me as we I loved it. that movie well, when I was like big 17, and I've not been brave enough to rewatch it. Oh, it, they have a liberal use of the R word that I will uh, not stand by. Uh, Lee Major just constantly calls um, one of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. That. And uh, yeah, um, it's very bad. Uh, and there's just like some very dated con- um, uh, uh, humor in it. And there's also it's also weirdly fucking chaste in that, like they they allude to the concept of toplessness, but you never see anything. It wanted to be a raunchy sex comedy, but was not actually like willing to risk the rating. And also in like several of the the uh, things that I've seen on write ups on, I think the Wikipedia and something else say that it's parallels Casablanca? Yeah. Because it's the uh, the guy and his girlfriend that he was into from the past returns to his life 
thus kind of destroying his life. And then in the end, he sends her off with the new husband, even though she's still in love with him. Yep. Except instead of Nazis, it's, um, Lee majors. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, and what's the word when you're making a place nicer, but at the cost gentrification? of gentrification. Yeah. <laughs> instead of Nazis, it's gentrification. Um, and not even, not even good gentrification. <laughs> 2000s era gentrification. It's really hard to explain the moment in time that was early 2000s sex comedies. Um, and it also just that, that like this move, this kind of movie does not exist anymore. Like mid budget movies don't exist in this form. No. Part of it is because we're still relying on the fucking movie theaters to judge how well a movie does. And that's a really piss poor place for. Mid-budget movies. Mid movies to survive anymore. Just because the media landscape has changed. Yeah. And like there's not cable for people to watch stuff in syndication. Like I that's how I Yeah, God up. knows how many times I saw out cold on Comedy Central. Like yeah. anytime they had, well, that show's ended, um, and it's three weeks till the replacement show comes on. Let's watch Out Cold 21 times. <laughs> well, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I, I I will be playing I Xbox really while this it. is on. Yeah, I really liked it back then. And that's why I haven't watched it, because I want to remember it fondly. Soundtrack holds up. Ooh. Yeah, that's that dude, dude, Weezer song, uh, Island or something like that. But there's that. also, like, I th there's some other, like, that level. I'm legit going to look up the Out Cold soundtrack now, because... That's where I f first watched Zach uh, Galifianakis. Yeah. Uh, he also has some, hmm. some dated jokes. Um, uh, I think, uh, they drop a couple left bombs that not the fuck word, but the, yeah, no, that, uh, that the one I am not queer enough to say that came from the strange era of like the characters, obviously gay and everyone's okay with it, but we're not we're okay with you like, being in the closet about it. Fuck you. We're going to pull you out of this closet whether also, you like it or not. No, that's not where I was going, although I don't disagree they with you do there. They do this in the movie. The, um, I, I remember that, but, uh, like, it's cool that you're gay, but we're going to drop every gay stereotype and joke at the expense mm -hmm. of people in the process of getting you to be comfortable with who you are. Yeah. Uh, not a great movie, but for some reason, it's like a New Year's uh, rewatch classic for me. I probably because it played on sentimentality is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and then I don't know was since last time I, I uh, got into uh, Marvel Snap. Um, uh, but we're not going to get Tyler into this because we have the rest of the show to go. <laughs> well, guys, no. <laughs> trust me, we talked about it for an hour before we started recording today. It's a great game. No, it's fucking great. I hate Infinite. I'm going to play it when I get home. <laughs> And I played it before we started, so yes. I kind of hate it, but I keep playing it. <laughs> I'm confused by that, but fair enough. Uh, it really frustrates me, but I keep playing it. Yeah. Let's see. I've got most of my shit as repeats. Uh, Steven hooked me up with Peacock, so... I've been watching a shit ton of um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, especially since Andre Brower died. I think I mentioned that last episode, but... I'm I'm halfway through season three now. No, I'm into season four now. Uh, they're working on the night shift. I did find a compilation online of every insult Captain Holt does to his nemesis Wunsch. Mm -hmm. And I've stolen several of them. And I have called someone a Korean toilet ghost since as a result. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God, who? Not going into that. Okay. <laughs> um, that's unimportant right now. 
I guess someone, do, do I they, know this person? They were annoying me. Okay. Um, but um, let's see. I watched, I've been watching some Parks and Rec, but I haven't been watching like watch through. I've just been, here's episodes that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the, uh, there's, I'll just jump through certain whole sections of that show at this point. I like Parks and Rec. And at some point, Cece and I are probably going to sit down and watch through all of it. But it's the pacing of the show can be a little weird sometimes. And it's one of the shows that will sometimes peak my social anxiety, which is why I do not think I could do your Asa Butterfield uh, Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. No, you'll love um, them. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so but I do. I mean, the cast is pretty solid in that show. So there we are. Um, I also. I mean, some Deep Space Nine. Uh, the problem is the new things that I've watched are things we have episodes coming up about soon. Because the most, uh, oh, I rewatched uh, Book of Boba Fett, finally finished a rewatch with that with my buddies. But like all of the new Doctor Who specials, and I got to me a lot of thoughts about those, but that episode's coming up in like a month and a half. So I kind of want to like save it for that. I have one other thing real quick. I... While also on the Disney Plus app because of Loki Plus and uh, Muppets Mayhem, I randomly started rewatching uh, the Lilo and Stitch TV series. I've never oh, seen the TV series. Um, uh, they do a, a TV movie that basically sets up the TV series where it's basically Stitch's experiment 626. And they find the other previous 625. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they get loose on the island, and basically, anytime they get wet, they become like. They're dehydrated, so since then they become full-on experiments. That so they, they're the gremlins. Yeah, and then it's a monster of the week thing where they're basically just like, well, we got to track down all of our cousins. You know what? On the scale of Disney Channel ad- uh, adapting TV shows into full-on cartoon series of that era, because they also did that with Aladdin and the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. uh, Lilo and Stitch has the like best premise for that. Yeah, and I think they do like a really good long run that then they do another TV movie and another movie. Mm. Yeah. I love I love Lilo and Stitch. It's my favorite Disney movie. It's great. It is a really good movie. Uh, it's my favorite Disney movie. Full stop. Damn. Hmm. I guess I've never decided to rank them. Maybe we'll have to do that for an episode, because it's going to take me too long to think about it right Aristocats. now. Aristocats. Ooh. Good pull. I watched that one a lot growing up. So that was mom bought the stuff from like her era. So that, those are most of what I know. Seen it a lot. It's pretty great. It'd be on the list, but not. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Not top 10. It'd probably be top 10, not top five. Aristocats doesn't make me cry like Lilo and Stitch does. So I'll give you that. You knew I was going to do this. I remembered one other thing while we were all talking. Of course. Of course. Steven saw it happen in my eyes. <laughs> I, saw it. I was like, wait for it. I'm going to end up re-going through this probably another five times in the next month. Res dogs. No. Uh, well, yes, but <laughs> this will be easier to fit in because it's only six episodes. Do you guys know Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? Because I finally watched it for the first time and it blew this. my fucking mind. It's so good. It's very good. I haven't actually ever finished it, but I've seen a couple episodes that my friends forced me to watch <laughs> while I was very high. <laughs> Oh. Which is why I've never, that's the reason I haven't gone back. I forgot about it, but I contextually remember it being great. Okay, so the series, the six episode series is, it's got a meta narrative framing where it's set up so that it's supposedly a special release 
of a television show that had originally aired back in the 80s that had only ever actually been broadcast in Peru and became a lost series. But people have recovered the tapes, and so now they're airing it for a modern audience. And it's a supernatural hospital soap opera based off of the writings of a fictional horror author, Garth Marenghi, who both directed and starred in it. That's a lot to unpack. With Matt Berry and Richard Iowade. Yeah, Matt Berry plays Garth Marenghi. No, right? no, no. This guy, uh, Matthew Holness, plays um, oh, okay. Garth Marenghi. That's right, that's right. And so there's, like, bookends on every episode of them in, like, the present day commenting on having made it. And then like the show itself is supposed is done in the, like an eighties soap opera style and is supposed to be found footage, but it also never existed. Like the, the whole, everything about this is fictional. Okay. (laughs) Okay. My brain hurts. Um, it's it's less confusing once you watch it. No, I, I get the basic concept, but like there are arguments and stuff like uh, in a lot of superhero design, you should be able or like in cartoon design, you should be able to identify someone just by their outline. Like, you know, Homer Simpson, you see just the outline. You're like, oh, that's Homer Simpson. Or like there's an argument that you should be able to explain whatever your concept for your show is in like two sentences. I think you technically did that. But They're just it run was on some sentences. like convoluted fucking comma laden sentences. The yeah. best way to think of it is it's black dynamite for supernatural hospital soap Love operas. It. Love it. Okay. See now that yes. With, yes. Oh my God. I've never heard of this. It's re- the, the, the episodes that I've seen, they're fucking incredible. Every bit of it is just packed through with so many like, like big in your face, like noticeable jokes, but then just like subtle things. And like it itself is like an, like an intentional over the top parody of that style of soap opera. And I believe it's from like, isn't it from the same area era as like Mighty Boosh and, um, yeah, so this was it was IT crowd like that relative era of British comedy. I was about to say, I think this would have basically been what blew up Iowade and Matt Berry for the IT crowd because I think this was 04 and then IT crowd was 06. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, just I think they, I. It aired on uh, Adult Swim at one point, right? Yes, it did. And Sci-Fi Channel. Weird. Sci-Fi Channel's done some weird, cool shit. I loved the Sci-Fi Channel back in the day. Even their garbage shows were awesome. I Did I tell you I found uh, um, um, Eureka, the complete series on Blu-ray? Yeah, because that show's perfect. I found the complete series at, at the Goodwill for... Five bucks for two things. Even when it's bad, it's perfect. So good. Now I'm done, though. Okay. Okay. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Well, let's take a quick break, and then when we get back, we will discuss the Muppets. So, uh, 
it's probably a month or two ago now, but there was, you know, Disney was announcing like what shows are ending and what shows are getting a second season or whatever. And there were so many clickbait articles I saw of like Muppets Mayhem canceled after one season. But I feel like that's the like this show did not need a second season. I would have watched it. Don't get me I mean, wrong, but they, like they, they do set up for one right at the very end. Sure, they, but like they do it's, very explicitly set up for one at the very that end. That it of could like, be like, but also just the way it's set up. I mean, spoiler alert: at the end, they go off to go on tour. There's no part of that that like it doesn't feel like you to need happen. to ha- see it. Um, and that's actually a very good point, considering that like I had a contextual like understanding of the Electric Mayhem throughout this series without. Ha- feeling like I've never really seen them a lot, but I just like kind of rolled with it. Like I was like, well, yeah, that's just how it is. Like they they have that backstory. I don't know it. I don't need to know it. I'm just going to go with it as I go. So I imagine just as easily they go forward, they go forward <laughs> and just, they're doing, they're just going to be, they're going to be the, the night and squire just going on in the background. Just touring. Like, I don't, I had that. Same that's thought. a fucking deep cut reference <laughs> there. DC's night and squire. <laughs> this is general nerd. Yeah, no, that's us. It's, it's on brand. Don't get me wrong. Um, so, okay. I like that. I had that same thought. I, I misquoted that to Zach. I have I, corrupted I, you two. If both <laughs> of you thought a fucking night and squire, <laughs> You know I love me some more. Oh my god, it's so good. So You know I love deep lore. Tyler and I did a Muppets episode in like the first, I think it was like the first three months of our show. It was the first Christmas episode we did, and we launched right around Christmas. So it would have been... Oh yeah, it wasn't a full-on, but we were talked about it during our Christmas episode where we were talking about our favorite Christmas stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. I just remember introing with singing the Ghost of Christmas Present song, and you were just like, Zach, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, so we, you and I have discussed it a little bit, but like, just it's been long, and you've not been here before. What is everyone's relationship with the Muppets before we dive into? Mostly the Muppet movies, like newer ones, mostly, like uh, Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, Muppets from Space. Um, the, and like I, we say, the recent ones, we mentioned all the ones from the 1990s. Well, like, there's also, like, Great Muppet Caper and Great, um, uh, and the Muppet movie. Those mm-hmm. are movies that I've seen, but I don't really, like, remember and, like, Yeah, love. no, there was a dedicated period for our generation that was, like, um, Christmas Carol through Muppets. I like the Jason, what is his name? Oh, Jason Seagal. Seagal? Yeah, Jason Seagal's. My brain was saying Statham, and I'm like, one, would watch that. Two, I like that not one too. We're talking. <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, I never saw the second one. Muppets but... Most Wanted. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's got Tina Fey in it. And I do like Tina Fey. And Ricky Gervais, which is why it Back lost me. I used to like Ricky Gervais, and he got old real fast. Um, and then fucking Muppet Babies. Or... Muppet I hated babies. Muppet Babies as a kid. Um, I watched <laughs> the shit out of the Muppet Babies as yeah, a kid. Yeah, same. Me and my partner realized that we are Kermit and um, uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy are like relationship and dynamics. No, because you two are happily together. <laughs> oh, good point. They're not together anymore. I forgot. About it's that. so weird. I mean, OK, so my relationship with those two is a lot of like the Muppet show where he's desperately like trying to run away from her. Yeah. It wasn't until like Mupp- the movies that he actually got into her. But anyways, that's not important. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, and then, like, a smattering of the Muppet Show episodes. But that's mostly... Mostly been since it's been added to Disney Plus. Tyler? Uh, ton of Muppet Babies. But, but like, I'm, I'm trying to think... Like, I honestly might have seen the 79 movie first out of anything. Because I think I saw it once while I was being babysat. Before I got in and For me, else. it was either that or Christmas Carol. I don't... I mean, Christmas Carol came out in 1992. I was born in 88. Like, I don't... Could not tell you which one I saw first. But... A lot, whenever, whenever it would come on, um, on things like Nick at Night or something way back when I was young, like would definitely always catch the Muppet show when I could, uh, back in the day. And it was, it's something that stuck with me very, like closely, very early on. Cause, uh, a lot of my young memories of my grandfather are tied in with Harry Belafonte and one of the first episodes of the Muppet show I saw It's the best episode of the Muppet show ever made. Even Frank Oz agrees with me on that. The Harry Belafonte episode is magical. Yeah. And that's one of my first memories of watching the Muppet show was, Oh, that's the guy grandpa likes. Oh, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> um, Harry then, Belafonte sang that final song that mm, he does in that mm-hmm. episode at Jim Henson's funeral. And holy fuck, I cried when I found video of that. Wow. Yeah. Um, remember going and seeing like Treasure Island and uh, from space and theaters. Grew up with Christmas Carol. Yeah, just have always really liked them. Gonzo was was my guy when I was young, but now I'm a big Uncle Deadly guy. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, I do still <laughs> love tracks. Gonzo. God, I love Gonzo. It's hard to pick a favorite because they're all really great in their own ways. Like Gonzo, Rolf, and uh, Fozzie Bear are all like top three for me. Gonzo and Rizzo, I definitely went through a period where Statler and Waldorf were my favorite. But um, also now I more and more love Kermit. Um, I mean, and to tie into what we're going to talk about, like the Electric Mayhem have always been like top tier for me. They're great. And like I... I I liked them, but I never really like knew them really before this because they weren't. I mean, we'll get to this in a sec, but that's because they weren't really there. There wasn't a thing about them before this. Although I feel like animal was used animal. Part of it is because animal was in Muppet babies. That's a hundred percent. Probably why animal was always the one that appeared the most because he was just fun. Cause he's, <laughs> he's Keith moon. You know, he's, um, <laughs> Animal. Okay, so I named my cat after, like, we got a new cat. I named it Animal after this. Just after this. Um, uh, Dude, I gotta say, the fucking animal arc in this really got me. I I, I cried at a couple points, uh, multiple points throughout my uh, first watch through this series. It was. I get uh, sentimental at this. It was real good. I but but that's fucking Muppets for me. Like they're they hit all the right spots. They got the funny. They got the they got the the heartfelt. They are delightful. The thing about Muppets that makes it work, and part of it is for whatever reason, and it's partly the earnestness, and probably partly because it's the puppetry. They're able to do jokes that in anywhere else would be fucking hack. Yeah. Like at the end of the first episode, they swerve and are like hanging half off of the cliff and being like, and that's what we call a cliffhanger. And I laughed. That's Dude, the dumbest joke. I wish I would have written them all down. There was like five or six times in the course of this series where it was the dumbest joke that just had me fucking 
like literally laughing out loud, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or the random moments. I mean, it's why I love the Muppets. It's the like bit of cheese, the bit of heartfelt, and then the unbridled creativity of the Muppeteers. Like the amount of emotion that Dr. Teeth got just from like the way that his glasses move. I want some of those glasses. I want some of those. But like, I mean, honestly, like his eyes don't change. It's just the way the glasses move that denote the entirety of his emotions. Mm -hmm. But you feel every one of them. So, yeah. Okay. So before we go into this, I thought real quick, I actually did some research for this. I know wild for me, but I looked up Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem because I was curious about how much had appeared before. Oh, okay. Before, before this, this show. And the answer is basically fucking nothing. I mean, they yeah, were the enough house, so that you knew their name. They were the house bands of the Muppets. So I imagine they were in the Muppet show semi every episode, every episode, but, but like, usually it was just them doing like they're playing in the intro kind of stuff. And like, but like f- the first episode has, I think an iteration of Floyd doing the Manamana song. It looks it might. Really, I don't looks know for really sure, but close to Floyd. It has the same eyes. I mean, Dr. Teeth was a, was a Jim Henson performance. His biggest thing was back in the day was he, he's based off a new Orleans musician named Dr. Dr. John. John. Uh, he de- debuted in the Muppet show, sex and violence was, which was the second of two pilots for the Muppet show. Um, I've not seen that one. He uh, was replaced by, or he, uh, uh, let's see. Dr. Teeth only sings lead vocals on the second Muppet pilot and during the first season. And these songs were only written before Ralph the dog had become firmly established as the regular Muppet pianist. So he was replaced by Ralph the dog in the Muppet show. But then he came back because he's Dr. Teeth. He's just fun. I like that you find out that he's an actual doctor. of teeth, <laughs> yeah, Right. The amount that I, I just that. accepted, like that this is established backstory for these like 50 year old characters that just came to be this year. I also love the little, like just a little bit of interconnectivity that you see throughout this. Uh, like the, there's each character has like their own through lines that you just see kind of interweaving as you kind of learn the backstory of how the band forms and just like became a thing. Mm hmm. Um, mostly with like teeth, Floyd and, and animal. I came in as a pretty big Dr. Teeth fan, but, uh, Floyd might be my favorite member of the band by the end of the series. I don't know, man. I really love lips and I don't know why. (laughs) Uh, honestly, the biggest thing the electric mayhem had was after all of their stuff was canceled and they weren't really making like the Disney channel movies anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was actually Disney channel, but it was not big name movies after Muppets in space. Mm-hmm. Um, they started doing YouTube shorts and the band was heavily involved in those. Interesting. Like Muppets Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a great. Oh yeah. That one's great. It's just them singing Bohemian mm-hmm. Rhapsody, but let's see next. We have animal originally portrayed by Frank, Frank Oz. Uh, he's based off mostly Keith moon, but other names that have come up are John Bonham, Ginger Baker, Mike Baird, or Levon Helm. Those all make sense if you know those people. And original performer Frank Oz stated the animal's character can be summed up in five words. Sex, sleep, food, drums, and pain. Holy, I didn't know this. What? 
voiced in Muppet Babies by Dave Coulier and uh, Howie Mandel for the first season. Jesus Christ. Interesting. Muppet or not Muppet animal is interesting. Cause I mean, in, as I said, sex is one of his five word descriptions and he gets, I want to say infantilized, but not in like a bad way. He's just treated as like a much more kind of innocent creature as like stories go on here. He, yeah. I, there's such yeah. a primal nature to his energy <laughs> that it just seems like it's like, it's literally like he doesn't know any better. Yeah. Uh, Floyd Pepper, Sergeant Floyd Pepper, laid back hippie bassist, obviously has hardcore the Beatles references going on with him. Uh, was kind of the leader of the band for a while. And one of his big things going on is that he thought he was a uh, brilliant creator, even though he himself admitted that his music was terrible. Which explains where the whole he's a the king of jingles comes from. Uh, I liked his jingles. They were great. Yeah. Janice, who is, you know, Janice. Um, Janice Joplin, sure. Mary Travers, Peter Paul and Mary. For sure. For, for sure. sure. The for surelyans creep me the fuck out. For sure. Was originally involved with Zoot in the first season of The Muppet Show for before sure. they paired her up with uh Floyd because they tended to go with if the puppets and like, if the puppeteers had good back and forth with each other, they would change the relationship of Muppets to fit. So those two would interact more. And I always mix up. Zoot's the saxophonist. And he's the one who's like, his eyes are never open, right? That's lips. Lips is the trumpet guy who wants to save the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. Zoot is the saxophonist who is always unaware of what's going on and taking pictures in Muppet man. Yes. Okay. Okay. Janice is fun because there's a running gag of, uh, if they ever have like everyone excitedly talking and then they break for silence, Janice will be saying something like kind of hardcore and sexual. (laughs) Uh, so like in Muppet stick man. So I told him, look, buddy, I don't take my clothes off for anybody. Even if it is artistic (laughs) Uh, or, uh, in the great Muppet caper, look, mother, it's my life, okay? So if I want to live on a beach and walk around Nick, oh. <laughs> Janice is just free love. Um, she just she appeared in an episode of Muppet Babies. Wow. Is she a baby? I assume no, so. No, she was a little bit older. Okay. She was able to read. She was also voiced by Dave Coulier. Weird. <laughs> For sure. For sure. For sure. Zoot is based off of Latin jazz artist Gato Barbieri, who I've never heard of, and Zoot Sims, who's another... He's pretty much your stoner jazz saxophonist stereotype. That's probably why Mm -hmm. I've heard of him. He's fun. That's just... Zoot has... Zoot is the only character that has, like, no character growth throughout any of this, but he doesn't need any. He's just there to... Weirdly comment on things. I like, really loved him in the uh, uh, the marshmallow episode. You make a lovely couple. You make a lovely couple. What? No. <laughs> and then Lips. Uh, his name is inspired by the imagery of Lips seen on the Rocky Horror Picture Show ads. And he actually, uh, let's see. The puppeteer originally wanted to do a Louis Armstrong voice, but didn't want to basically steal a black person voice. 
<clears throat> I dig it. That's a so a they good just choice. did mumble stuff, and then he disappeared for decades. He was just not. They they dropped him from the band for a long time because they were only using so many puppets. Bummer. Before reappearing in 2011, I think he's my favorite because he's the one that I had no no relationship to lips beforehand. I like him a lot in Muppets Mayhem. He's very good. Uh, I like that he, for the most part, he, he he's the one who's like constantly like. He's knows always everybody. mumbling. He knows everyone, and he has his mission to save the world. Yeah, yeah. I think the Mayhem also might have the best hair out of all the Muppets. Easily. I was surprised at how often what, during the series <laughs> I was just like watching like Floyd's mustaches just like flow in the wind or. There was a few times where I was like, I would just wear what they're wearing right now. <laughs> I, there was a couple times where I was like, I could see Zach wearing what they're wearing <laughs> right now. <laughs> Very on brand. Like, I'm kind of surprised you don't just have like a Dr. Teeth get up. I have a Dr. Teeth shirt and the electric man shirt that I bought after this. But yeah, no, I desperately need a Dr. Teeth. Like just like a full on like cosplay. You yeah. would be a great Dr. Teeth cosplay. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, so Muppet Mayhem itself. It's what, nine episodes total? Ten? ten yes. Yeah. I think uh, it's ten total. Basic concept. First off, I think a thing that they did that I was surprised by that was really clever is to not include any of the Muppets other than the Mayhem. Statler and Waldorf appear very briefly in the final episode. That was fucking hilarious. I loved that. That was such a good uh, inclusion. <laughs> they mentioned Kermit once, and they mentioned that they were on the Muppet show. But like the only time they mentioned Kermit is because at the end of every episode, they have Zoot take a snapshot and then say something, which I have to imagine. They just sat the puppeteer down and were like, do like 40 of these and we'll just pick our favorites. Right. And then the other thing that I th and like, there are other Muppets that appear, but they have to be directly related to the band. So like the person who gets in a romantic relationship with Dr. Teeth or Dr. Teeth's parents, everyone else is just normal humans. Any other Muppet thing, you'll generally just find like the occasional Muppet just walking down the street. But for whatever reason, they didn't feel a need to do it, but it kind of puts the emphasis on the band that way. Probably also because they could have gotten and did get every other fucking human guest are imaginable. Holy shit. That is what is interesting about the Muppets. They can get anybody. I mean, I I know Danny Trejo is not a get in that, like, he'll you, do most things. You pay him a day rate. He will show up. Um, crafts has a great story about the Muppets, though. And that's why I imagine he probably would have done this for free <laughs> because Danny Trejo is amazing because he did a Muppets thing and he was talking about it and he's like, my mom had just died and I didn't have time to deal with it and I was working. And so I was just kind of holding through and the, the puppeteers, the Muppeteers will stay in character as much as possible. It just mm -hmm. helps with the process. So they're singing out and Kermit the fucking frog comes up to him and it's like, hey, Danny, like I just... I heard about what happened and I just wanted to say how sorry I am and see how you're doing. And apparently Danny Trejo just burst into tears talking to Kermit over that. Oh like, my goodness. <laughs> well, and I've, I've heard multiple stories from people who have worked like with the Muppets and various things where they 
are always astounded by how much they just end up con- continually talking to the puppets. Alice Cooper's got stuff. Uh, on The Tonight Show, they would have problem because people would try to Mike Kermit instead of Jim Henson. And they're like, we're getting weird stuff with Kermit. And he's like, I don't know why. I don't. It's just from me. And they're like, oh, my God, we're pointing the mic at the puppet. He doesn't do ventriloquism. He just, oh my God. <laughs> like, well, you got to get a second mic and leave one for the puppet so you can play to the illusion. <laughs> they almost did a animatronic touring live show of Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, and I fucking would have gone to it. And I have no interest in most animatronic. I would go to that. Anything. <laughs> so like, <laughs> Don't do it animatronic and just have the puppet, uh, have puppeteers <laughs> do a live show. Um, and, don't care if it's a a, a back, backing track and they're... Well, yeah, you have to assume it would be. Lip syncing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing air quotes there for the listener. <laughs> Apparently, the, the uh, I, Nora uh, is like the, the main human character in the series. She's apparently like YouTube famous, my partner or something. I don't know. I've never... I, I don't know who... I I have no idea. Uh, I'm trying to look her up right the now. The wild thing is I... She originally appeared under the pseudonym Superwoman, her YouTube username until 2019. She was included in Forbes' list of world's highest paid YouTubers. Damn, yeah, so she is YouTube famous. Um, I, the, Wow, she's a really good actress for YouTube famous. I mean, like, not to knock on YouTube, we do a podcast, but uh, a lot of, like, people who try to jump from streaming content on YouTube to actual acting... It's a challenge. Don't stick the landing. It's a challenge. Um, that's another weird thing in that, like, I never question her relationship with the mayhem or her existence. I just was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't question her existence, but, like, her character was what really pointed out to me that, unlike most of my other watching, this was no longer prestige TV. <laughs> her and Taj Maori, nothing against I actually love seeing Taj Maori again. That's Moog? Yeah, that's Moog. Okay. Yeah, um, I watched a random episode of Smart Guy after this. Yeah, I was like, fucking I used to get down on Smart Guy. Like, this is great seeing him again. But, like, he, his character is straight out of, like, 90s sitcoms. Yeah. the way, And I'm like, okay, no. And, like, nothing against the show. I was just like, I had to, like, readjust my brain for a second. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Right, I'm but, watching The Muppets. Oh, but also just, like, the... This season is two episodes long if it's just listen to Moog. <laughs> and most of the time that it's not listen to Moog, it's because of Nora, and it got really old for me really quick. I like Nora. There is a lot of kind of like kids TV having to learn lessons the hard way kind of stuff. And I get like having to give her room to grow and like you can't just start her off as like an awesome character or else there's no tension. But it was a lot for me. I will say in defense of Nora, yes, you're right. She is the one that has to, like, you know, 90s, learn to, like, commit to the band and, like, be a, live authentically and yada, yada, yada. But they still, even from the very first episode, even when she's being, like, trying to be kind of slimy is not the right word, but kind of, like, smooth-talking executive stuff. Fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even when she's at her most annoying of that, they do a decent job of still making her likable. She wasn't the worst. She could have been a lot worse. And like, if she was worse, I don't think I would have liked the show as much, but like of all the characters, I was like, God fucking damn it. Nora, (laughs) no, Nora, you need to shut the fuck up is definitely a thing, but like bringing in the sister and having that 
admittedly pretty good relationship between the two of them of like deep love, deep loyalty connection. She raised her sister after her parents died or whatever went on with her mom. That was never made quite clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but also now she's living on her sister's couch and they're driving each other insane helped humanize her in a way that would have, cause she would have been insufferable if we only had work Nora for the first like five episodes. Uh, but anyways, basic premise of the show, Nora Singh is a woman who is work trying to get into the music industry, wanting to produce albums and legit devoted to music. And her, the, the company she's working for Waxdown records is about to go out of business she realizes while getting ready to like shred paper that Waxtown is owed a album by the, uh, the electric mayhem who, and I thought this was another fun thing has just been touring since the era of the Muppet show. Like these guys are immortal weirdo puppets and no one even like <laughs> thinks, the magic of the mayhem. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but like, like literally you just said if the fucking mayhem showed up, you would go to them. So like, I don't disagree. I just like so many shows try to like put it in an, a, a noticeable time frame, or like, you know, like the, the problem with superhero stuff is Peter Parker was there or, or like all of the Marvel universe now takes place after nine 11 happened. Right. Uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they don't bother to try with that. They just everything that the Muppet or the electric mayhem has done happened when it happened in the time. So they made movies in the seventies with the Muppet Muppets. They did movies in the eighties. They did the show in like mm-hmm. started as the house band. They've apparently been touring for the rest of the time. Yeah. The better part of like 20 plus years now at this point, which has such a Rolling Stones. They refuse to retire vibe, which is even better considering the Rolling Stones released an album like a month ago. That, and I feel like they also set them up to be kind of like a jam band. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, fish tours for forever. And you have those fans that just follow them like Moog. It just taps into kind of they're like also a, a cover jam band, <laughs> which for the most part, <laughs> a kind of innocent version of the rock life that doesn't really exist anymore in a lot of ways, you know, because it's still a Muppet show on Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Although they have who is it? The guy from Motley Crue that they in the first episode say, uh, oh, Tommy Lee shows up. Yeah. Yeah. They they tattooed the mayhem on him while he was passed out. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> also, that is actually because he was actually the uh, founder and lead singer of the group methods of mayhem. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the tattoo, whether or not it was a, a bit, a sight gag or if it was a real thing for him or if he had it for a different reason or like, well, let's get that guy with the mayhem tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Who um, infamously partied really hard back in the day. Yeah. Uh, the same guy who had made a sex tape. Yeah. yeah. Infamous for his sex <laughs> Like probably these days. And his giant most wang. famous for his sex tape and his giant wang. Oh, especially because they just did that uh, Pam and Tommy story. Yeah. Pamela Anderson did not approve of that movie. And so I can't bring myself to like. Approve of it, but. Apparently at some point they. 
like animate his dick and make it talk. Oh, that thing. Yeah, no, I heard about that thing. <laughs> it's supposed to be like a Coke-fueled, like... Yeah. That tracks. Hallucin- hallucination or something for him? Mm-hmm. And isn't it Bucky Barnes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wild. He's also in Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. If I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> Sebastian Stan is the person's <laughs> yeah. name. Isn't but... he in Preacher? Sebastian Stan? No, he's not in Preacher. Oh, wait, I might, I might be thinking No, that. you're thinking of the guy who played Howard Stark. Yeah. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just, I don't know. No, that is the, that is the guy who played Howard Stark. Now I'm not sure which one of those two guys <laughs> is in Mamma Mia. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Muppets Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyways, Nora goes to the band, convinces them very easily, because they're the mayhem, to make an album. (laughs) Uh, If Man-Thing was a rock band. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, just rolls with the flow. We immediately get probably my favorite running through thing of Animal being in love with Nora. 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 (laughs) Hi. Hi. The also the like, we'll stay with friends. And then she's surprised when they show up at her house. How are you possibly surprised by that? I mean, I'm only surprised in that they have a lot of friends. Yes. I just mean that I, I feel like if I had met the electric mayhem for four seconds, I would have realized that they have imprinted on me like a chick until this storyline is over. I go through the process. Um, we get we get the fucking smashing pumpkins guy in there who apparently owns a fucking wrestling federation I found out really did not know that yeah, I didn't know that either that's why they're setting up the the wrestling, wrestling ring. Ring okay and talking about smack talk um I didn't yeah I looked him up because I wasn't sure who he was I was talking about the stuff that like would be gags that wouldn't work anywhere else. Partly the um, my ties magically appearing in Dr. Teeth Sands, but also like any other show that did this much blatant celebrity cameos would piss me the fuck off. But with the Muppets, you just it's like fucking. Yeah. God damn. You're lucky you get to do this. It's just part of mm-hmm. how the thing rolls. Um, Man, I wish I got to be you meeting the Muppets. Well, and it's like in the Muppet show in the first season, they had to beg people to come on by the end when they canceled the show because they chose to can't end it. They didn't like get canceled. Mm-hmm. They had a waiting list of celebrities that wanted to show up on the Muppet show. Fucking leave them one more, <laughs> baby. Baller move. They get so many people. Do you have a list of, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you just, you have that. I want to read a list. No, no. I mean, (laughs) I didn't need to. It's just that there's so many because there's Paul Abdul, Steve Aoki, Karamo Brown, Sophia Carson, Charlemagne, the God, Mr. The God. That was really funny. (laughs) Um, Tommy Chong, Billy Corgan, dead mouse designer, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman. That was such a fucking wild Morgan Freeman playing an actor who's auditioning to play Zoot. Morgan this, Freeman playing Morgan Freeman pl- auditioning to play Zoot. He t- this he's really Morgan is Freeman. the role mm. of a lifetime. <laughs> what the fuck, Morgan? Like <laughs> Susanna Hoffs, Peter Jackson confirming that the Feebles exist in the same universe that as the Muppets. The fucking wildest shit. Have you seen Meet the Feebles? Uh, 
I don't know if I've seen it entirely. If you've not seen Meet the Feebles, because they make a joke about it and then stop talking about it really quickly, Meet the Feebles was a pre-Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson flick that is basically the Muppets on meth. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it, I'd say. <laughs> I, I've seen parts of it. I hate it. It's, but I respect it. Like it's one of those. I'm also so happy that it exists. Exactly. In the Muppets universe. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kesha, Tommy Lee, Lil Nas X, Cheech, Ziggy Marley, Ryan Seacrest, Kevin Smith, Chris Stapleton, Danny Trejo, Weird Al Yankovic. Did you mention uh, Cheech and Chong? Yeah. Okay, good. Because fucking Cheech and Chong. Zed and Sophia Carson, who I'm pretty sure are real people, but I do not know who they are. Yes. Uh, no, you, you know of them. Yeah, Zed. He's oh, like he's Zed a produced like on a bunch some of songs shit that, that you've heard. probably heard. I'm sure they're so culturally prevalent that like you know them. Um, um, I just don't know music well enough to know like producers. Clarity is the one that is the big one, probably. probably. It was uh, Foxes, I think, was on that track. Anyway, yeah, same. I uh, Kat pointed this out to me because I asked the same question, and and she was like, uh, "These couple of songs." It's like, oh. Yeah, okay, no. yeah, fair enough. And I got enough from, like, what he was doing there. Uh, also, in this point, she... Because it's in this one that they end up at the the house, yeah? Or is that next episode? Oh, I did not do a good job of breaking things down by episode this time around. No, that's fine. Anyways, I'm not going to worry too much about the episode. Uh, they they're, She convinces her boss, Penny, who we find out used to date Dr. Teeth, and gave the band their name... Uh, much. Oh yeah. Yeah. To let them stay at an old rock house, like band house, uh, which we get another one of the greatest stupid jokes of, they see just like a suburban house fail to recognize that it's not the house they're supposed to be going to. And in a parody of the Muppet movie, when they, um, psychedelicize, psychedelicize, uh, the, Studebaker that Fozzie Bear had. They psychedelized the house that belongs to Danny Trejo because they wanted Danny Trejo to show up. And thankfully, he likes it. <laughs> Who did this to my house? That depends. Do you like it? <laughs> she tries to fire them slash quit, but is won over by the mayhem because they're just so earnest even though they're kind of useless and don't don't they play her favorite song yes but they have no way of knowing that's her favorite song so it's, it's like a yeah it's definitely some like wild magical nonsense but it's magic also, of the mayhem baby it's it's so beautiful <laughs> look man that's one thing i legitimately appreciate about this show is that any weird plot leap you can just write off as magic of the mayhem and like Fucking great song choices, too, because that song's so good. That song's incredible there. Mm -hmm. I like that one. She can search the album being made, and then they decide they're going to leave for nine weeks. Doesn't matter. She immediately calls them back. And we go into the second episode, unless anyone's got anything on the first, of trying to start making the band, and she's trying to... uh traditional music industry deal with the electric mayhem. So a lot of lying and fake it till you make it and mm -hmm. 
All these Smooth people talking. are interested. <laughs> but Janice is allergic to lies. Uh, no, again, that's the dumbest. And the fact that but they also set that up like in the episode earlier. Like, she lies and she sneezes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like when you first get the sign, she first starts lying to them. And Janice is doing acupuncture to lips. And every time she sneezes, she stabs him with an acupuncture thing. And like one foot goes up or whatever. Mm-hmm. I will say some of the legs in this movie in uh, the Muppets were a little unsettling. I've never liked seeing Muppet legs. It, yeah, it's always it for the wrong. best that you don't. The arms Kermit are gets it in. the most right. Fozzie Bear does a good job. Large walking puppets, fine. Mm, Sweetums, mm, God, yeah, I Sweetums. love Sweetums. Sweetums can't be my favorite Muppet because there's not enough to him. But I, I know just it's love not a not a Muppet, but like Big Bird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The full body ones where someone is inside the Muppet and it's supposed to be a fucking nightmare of like, I can't see and it's so hot. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> other when other Muppets, you see their legs, though. Mm, no, no, I'd rather they were all just torsos up. Um, <laughs> yes, I never want to see Swedish chef's legs. Oh. Although animal, I'm okay with seeing his legs for some reason. Animal's already so weird that he. Now kind it's of time works. for you to do a Swedish Chef pinup. <laughs> Have you ever seen? It's a fucking bit from the Muppet Show, where Beaker, Animal, and the Swedish Chef are trying to sing "Oh Danny Boy," and it's goofy enough already because they're the ones that don't have like full language but then they're making themselves cry because Danny boy is so beautiful. (laughs) I mean, rock and Robin's a real deep song. Dude. (laughs) I also really liked a couple of the renditions of rock and Robin that they do. I am eternally disappointed that on, cause uh, the album is on Spotify. I have listened to it since Um, no version of rock and Robin's on there. And that was a mistake. Not even the mumbo rap one. That's my favorite one. And I'm really (laughs) sad about this. Oh, that might've been the hardest one to license though, because like Kesha Ziggy Ziggy Marley, Marley. dead mouse, dead mouse. And then the uh, designer. I'm not sure who the mumble rap. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I honestly, but I really liked it. I did realize that mumble rap is just modern day scat music. And I don't actually have a problem with that, but I kind of broke my brain when I said that sentence out loud. And it's just like uh, (laughs) that. Also, I didn't know until you just, just said that, but like, I'm going to, whether or not it's right, I'm going to believe it. I don't have a problem with scat music or mumble rap. It's just using noise instead of using. It makes me appreciate mumble rap more. I don't care one way or the other about mumble rap. If we're being honest here. I mean, I would agree with you if mumble rap was actually just using noise like scat, but they are saying words. They're okay, literally just mumbling. them. Okay. So we kind of skipped over Nora learning. She had to not lie. And I do have two things that I wanted to go from that one when they sing true colors, which is not my favorite song on this album, but I still like it's the one I get stuck in my head a lot. And also it's just the band. I want the electric mayhem to sing a song about how I'm showing my true self. And it turns out I'm beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) But one, the running gag of Muppet, of not Muppet of animal just giving her more and more gifts. The goat. Yep. Darren. 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 Fun one. First of all, Darren. his, his, his name's Darren. And he's, and not, he's nice. not nice. <laughs> he's not. One, 
great too. We I own a goat that hates me, so like I understand. Three, that's not a boy. Yeah, <laughs> those are very big udders on Darren, but. I randomly will just think of animal going bye bye Darren <laughs> yeah. bye 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 Darren. <laughs> it's so good. And then at the end, they're like, "We're going on this real hike to see this beautiful thing," and they show hazy ass Los Angeles, and I'm like, "That looks terrible." I'm sure that canyon is gorgeous and yada yada yada. I get that it's probably, but like, we live in Montana, man. <laughs> like, if I go hike up a canyon and I look out, I can see, you know, majestic beauty of the Rocky mountains. And they're like, it's so clear. And it's like visibly hazy. There was a, there was a part of me cause I didn't know what episode he was going to show up in. And I kind of thought that they were going to run into Kevin Smith while hiking Runyon Canyon. Cause he's obsessed with Runyon Canyon. That's the, that's what he does to work out is he hikes Runyon. It's a, it's apparently a very, 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 very popular hiking spot mm-hmm. for a, a lot of celebrities, too. And I don't get why at this point, because it seems like a known factor. Because it's as close as you can get to the outdoors while living in L.A. Yeah. Also, during this episode, we need to at least mention him. We first meet J.J., who is Nora's ex-boyfriend, who is trying to buy Waxtown Records. Yeah. While and, setting up his own version of Spotify. Yeah. And Which is, you also learn in this episode because he's in love with Nora. He's yeah. very, it's never hidden that he's. Um, I'm, it took me a while to understand that. I very much, I, I just must have missed it. Like the, because like, he's kind of sly about it. Like he literally says, I love you. Yeah. He's kind of skeezy. And then like she turns around and he goes, I love you. And he's what, what? <laughs> yeah, I missed that whole bit the first watch through. I, I got it on the second time. There, it was. I'm very much appreciative of having watched through it twice because uh, there were some things that I missed the first watch through. Well, they don't immediately reveal it. They're like, you can have that as a joke, but not necessarily have that as like his entire motivation. Right. Yeah. But that is his core whole motivation. You find out eventually, which is kind of depressing. JJ's the character I find profoundly sad. Cause he changes his entire existence for this girl. And like, I don't blame her for not taking him when that's not a healthy move. My dude. <laughs> like, nah. nah. Um, and he's still an asshole. I also kept, okay, this is a deep cut, but I, once animal started saying JJ bad, I was JJ bad. kept waiting for them to make a JJ fad joke, which was a hip hop girl group from like the late eighties, <laughs> early nineties. But I never caught a JJ fad joke. No, just JJ bad. Yeah. Uh, track three XL on main street. I do appreciate the amount that they just pick like random old school classic rock songs for titles for titles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zed is producing the Mayhem's album and they get to experience what modern music making is. At least for like that style of music. Yeah. Because he was making a Zed album. It is a terrible choice to pair those two up together. Although I don't hate the song that they make. It was fine. It's not great, but. But fucking Animal, Animal, Animal with runs the off and runs into James Hong. <laughs> yeah. And also sings. And what's his name from uh, 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 Parks and Rec? Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, ben Schwartz. Yeah. Ben Schwartz. 
This is also one of my other favorite songs on the entire in the entire series, uh, Bridge Over Trouble Water. Yeah, um, uh, that was a great like, version of Bridge Over great, Trouble Water. Great version of that song. I learned about this song because it, uh, uh, my partner uh, like kind of introduced me to this song, um, and it's really good. Uh, we find out that Floyd Pepper has raised animal, right? Yeah, that uh, that's one of my uh, that's one of the notable points where I cried throughout this bit is with the, the little montage. Baby animal is the cutest Muppet ever created. Holy shit. So good. Also, is this the one where we also get? No, we don't get the uh, the different versions of Rock and Robin yet, but right, right. Also, during this. Nora gets into a fight with her sister who I like her sister. I hate every shirt she wears with the poofy shoulders. I don't like that. That style mm. is coming back into existence. Um, not strap in baby. It's the new look and it's hot and everybody's doing it. Great. Okay. Wonderful. Anyways. Um, yeah. Watching animal get a regular job again. It's such a like stupid sitcom move that works because it's animal mm-hmm. and they commit to it. So Strongly, you know, James Hahn, he is the chosen one, and it's a fucking what is that, Hana Chef? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, like a Benny Hana. <laughs> Benny Hana, uh, that's it. Um, and then I love that that ties back in when uh, at the end, and he's making breakfast Benny Hana style off the griddle. So, also, one of the cameos in this series, I can't quite remember where, although I think it's possibly in this episode, Steve Aoki shows up. Steve and Devin Aoki, uh, Devin's an actress are the heirs to Benihana. Oh, weird. Uh, I think he's in the last episode because he talks to Danny Trejo about like, they taught me how to spin records. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, they painted my house. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they the heirs to Benihana. Wild. Uh, they must be fucking loaded. When I was talking about the amount of emotion that they can get with absolutely like nothing from the puppets, the bit where they're like, animals always coming back and teeth is starting to go, mm, I don't think animals coming back. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. That is like a weirdly incredible performance for such a goofy little like moment. Also, we get, I think for the first time, Lips's tendency to think that anytime someone disappears, that they're dead. (laughs) What if he's dead? (laughs) Yeah. You find out that uh, animal was raised by Floyd, like just just dropped off in a cage with a little sign saying keep. (laughs) Especially considering that our cat that we adopted, that we named animal based off of episode five. Uh, that did hit extra hard when I watched it the other day and was just like, it's my animal. <laughs> yeah. Key. Which then they parallel the same scene with Nora needing a place to live and, and sitting just like sitting on the, on the doorstep and animal, animal keep. keep. It's like, no, oh, good animal. man. She may not be a great actress and you're right. A lot of the choices are really infuriating, but I do really love the relationship she develops with animal in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all of them, but animal in particular, even in the first episode where she goes, Nora, and she just like ruffles his head and goes animal. I think like she like I said, if like you need to have her start bad or else there's no tension in the show. So I get it. But like, and like, cause she definitely Oof. does build character mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the whole, the whole man. She grows a lot as much as she can with, uh, uh, and within one season. 
Um, this brings us to... Oh, we've barely brought up Moog by this point, by the way. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Moog is... Yeah. Moog is the super fan who is hanging out with them, who up to this point, he's not been a part of the main plot he's, up until this he's coming He's peppered episode? in in that, like, he literally introduces Nora to the mayhem. He's kind of their translator for the mayhem to the rest of the world of up like, to this point. She asks where to find the band, and uh, he mistakes, mistakenly thinks she's a, just a new Mayhem fan, and just just like they're over there. Check out the new Mayhem fan, big fan coming in. He's everyone who follows the Grateful Dead. Yeah, the cooler. Uh-huh. A, a I like him. I like Moog so much. I like Moog. Moog is my favorite human character by a lot in this show. Mm-hmm. Also, he is the only reason that band is alive based off the fact that he installed a winch on his Jeep. At the ver- It's the very final bit where they're like, you're with the band. You don't have to go in your Jeep. You can go with us. And I was like, no, still bring the Jeep, Moog. <laughs> like, <laughs> Please bring the Jeep, Moog. Also, you got a really nice trailer, Moog. That, that trailer setup looks fucking... So his van life dope. setup? So cool. Van life. Hashtag. <laughs> I, I don't remember how to... Do you do it after or before? Hashtag van life. Uh, there it is. There it is. Yes, yes. It's reveal how into our 30s we are with this part of the conversation. <laughs> Uh, I just needed to bring up Moog. No, thank you. Yes, thank you. Because also Moog becomes a much bigger part in this next episode. That's also that might be one of my only complaints about like the series overall is that like Moog is great, but so fucking undercooked. Like they have a, a, a will they won't they like relationship with Nora and Moog throughout the whole series. But it seems like. It's it's gonna happen. Just fucking wait for it. Don't worry. JJ's just the asshole who's here because you need an asshole. But also, just like it's like, wow, you guys really just it's 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 He's gonna still happen. better developed than most human characters in Muppet movies. He is, but also like I just that was one of the things that really didn't sit for me was just like how, how underdeveloped that like. Well, they're fucking gonna end up, and they're uh, in the in the end, they're gonna be together, and they're gonna be in love, and you're gonna fucking love it. And I did, but um, as much as I credit the Muppet Show for like making old corny jokes and stuff work, it isn't ever a it it they follow a really baseline plot to most of their things at least the ones where they're not having zany muppet action happen and they're blowing things up which works because i'm not necessarily watching the muppet movies for the plot but also it does occasionally be like kind of harder to talk about there's not many twists in this they get the different bands and we already mentioned the various ones because they're trying to do nora's trying to find a new fresh song or sound for them and in fairness, well, they discover the studio. Oh, they discover the studio. And they Cheech discover and Cheech and Chong have been hanging out in the studio since the 80s. In the dark. Since the 70s. <laughs> I noticed this was one of those little like, oh, shit, they're still sneaking things through because they're like, oh, yeah, you guys. What was it? You guys went out for pizza or something like yeah, that? Yeah, where's and my anchovies, man? And they're like, yeah, what happened? And he's like, we got sidetracked. And then the 80s happened. And so the joke there being that, like, in the 70s, they were stoners with Cheech and Chong. But then the 80s happened. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's that's really good. And I was like, oh, I caught that. That was cocaine. <laughs> Thank you. JJ Bad. 
God. Um, <laughs> I do love, because we said it, it's what? You said Cheryl Crow. The, the different uh, people. Oh, performing. there's like Kesha and then Ziggy Marley and then. Uh, Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse. And then uh, Designer. I think it that's was Designer. It, yeah. I don't know why I thought Cheryl. Paul Abdul. But that's later. Yeah. I just, again, I loved all, and I legitimately loved Lips doing mumble rap. Um, yeah, like it was really <laughs> fucking good. I'm kind of legitimately sad it's not on the album for the series. Well, and it does track because, I mean, it was part of the ongoing thing with the Muppets. You would have whoever performing and you would have a lot of times the Electric Mayhem being the house band doing a lot of the background music for mm-hmm. them. So when he says, you know, we love to to team up or whatever it collaborate. was, collaborate, collaborate. That's just legit what they do. Dude, yeah. Also the idea that Ziggy Marley was in love with Janice. I can't do this. <laughs> My heart's broken, man. So good. The least believably delivered line in possibly all of history, but made me laugh still. Like, Oh, wow. A long time ago. For sure. Zygmunt. Yeah, but this is the one where Nora and Moog kind of have it out. Yeah, because and... Moog is trying to get set up basically as the producer. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he should be. Yes. Because this whole entire series but, is listen to Moog and it's over. In two <laughs> but Nora's writing it off as, <laughs> and in fairness, I mean, one, she should have listened to his mixtape, but like. But also Moog could have literally said, hey, listen to my mixtape. This is what it is. Yeah, neither it's, one communicated it's that It's remixes part well. of the fucking Electric Mayhem. But it's where Nora has to, admi- an, another place, but I mean, it's really where she starts to swap over that sh- she needs to, she needs someone who knows the Electric Mayhem. She can't make them be whatever's modern. She has to let them be the Mayhem. She's uh, also, like, becoming more friends with Janice at this point. Mm-hmm. I do love the scene of her hanging out with Zoot, watching all of the old performances and their actual mm-hmm. performances of the mayhem over the years. And another great song of, what is that, uh, uh, God Only Knows Where I'd Be Without You? Yeah. Uh, an animal, mm-hmm. God Only Knows. <laughs> animal is the best, okay? <laughs> yeah, Animal is my favorite of the entire Electric Mayhem, full stop. He doesn't work on his own, but he's just... And yeah, and Janice is trying to win over her sister, whose name I can't think of. Hannah. Hannah, who is a weirdly successful... YouTube or like Instagram influencer. Cause that's a nice house in LA that she just owns. Lives at (laughs) has the title at, we don't know if she owns, (laughs) I think it's implied that she owns it, but either way, like even the rent, just renting that house has to be a lot. That's true. You gotta spend money to make money as an influencer, (laughs) especially with a nice house where you can, where it doubles as your studio here. We also learned that Janice has a twin sister. And I was just like, yeah. And then like when looking up, it's like, oh shit, that's never been mentioned before. That's just, <laughs> that's just something we just learned. Okay. <laughs> New information. Moving on. There are so many things today where they're using existing properties and people are like, oh, you're adding all this stuff. This has never been mentioned before. Like, how are you okay with this? You know, uh, Spock's sister in Star Trek Discovery or whatever. Mm. And people are pissed about it. And then Janice, by the way, Janice has this like, Long, deep backstory, including a, a twin, twin sister. <laughs> like, and you're like, yeah, man. 
this this weirdly pertinent uh, information <laughs> to the subplot that we're talking about in this main show we're doing that never has come up before. Janice has this really like dark, deep backstory. <laughs> um, then we get to one of the most brilliant things the Muppets have ever done: the Joshua Tree episode. Oh yeah, break on through the drug episode. <laughs> the realization that they have uh, that they all have incredible creators block which is why they haven't made new music in decades so they go to joshua tree to try to learn new things which is also kind of a tie-in to when they're camping in the desert in uh the muppet in the muppet movie and gonzo's got kind of a pretty little sad song and another joke that should not work and it also reminded me of uh, in Beavis and Butthead do America when they do drugs with their fathers out in the desert in the sequence animated by Rob Zombie. Jesus Christ. It, but like it should not work that the gag is they ate marshmallows that expired 30 years ago. So they all have acid trips like that's the most like anywhere else. That's the most eye rolling G-rated, like, you know, when they would translate anime into, like, a kid's WB show, and they'd be like, mmm, this grape juice is delicious, and it's clearly, like, <laughs> Merlot. Um, it's also really awesome. I think it might have to do with the comedic timing of the way they set up the whole series, and that they don't give you enough time to even question anything. Because, like, Hannah had apparently bought the the reservations for this, like, Nice, Des- nice d- desert hideout that they're supposed to go to. They they roll up on it and it looks dilapidated and it doesn't even have four walls. We find out um, it's literally a shed in the middle middle of the desert that like with a are, shit shovel and old marshmallows with a shit shovel that like they, they make a joke that it's a shit shovel and not a grave digging shovel, which is <laughs> fucking delightful that like it's just such an offhanded joke that like I didn't have time to then question them sitting around the fire. There's two bits from just before that. And I'm the one that jumped us into this one. When Moog is sitting there and just like excited as the uh, different Muppets are sleeping on him. Oh yeah. I can't tell if that guy is acting or if he's just legitimately excited (laughs) to be cuddling with Muppets right there. Both. Both. Yeah. He's toning it down, but animal just going road trip, road trip, road trip, road. God, I knew that kid as a kid. Like. More uh, fucking stop motion, Dr. Teeth, please. Uh, super fucking cool. Love the color palettes on that. That was so gorgeous. That was um, my favorite part of all the trips, I think. Um, uh, yeah. Baby that, animal talking to animal. Okay, but, that was yes. great. But <laughs> but also Weird Al in a Lion King homage. It was good. It was it, good. It was good. So, okay, well, let's just kind of go through these one by one because we're kind of really... And it, it's a weird episode to talk about anyways, just because this show is really straightforward for a show as like weirdly intelligent as it is. Um, Each one has their own different thing, tripping out, dealing with different aspects of their personality of where they're stuck. Obvious, like real ABC hallucination in the desert episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, Janice finds a, herself looking in the bus's mirror. And sees multiple hallucinations of herself, which one, mirrors and hallucinogens are not your friend most of the time. Oh, man. Um, I kind of like watching my face melt. 
it can work me. for some people, <laughs> and like there's times where it goes, but the, yeah, there's a few times that it's uh, no, thank you. <laughs> But Moving Janice on. gets that lesson of, and God, I felt targeted by Janice's character arc in this <laughs> one of you have to love and take care of yourself, not just take care of others around you. And I'm like, stop speaking to me directly, TV. <laughs> Fuck you. You um, can't love or love others before you love yourself. For sure. Floyd <laughs> uh, uh, gets a, a Lion King montage with Weird Al in the sky. Uh, where to, it's more important to create than it is to be a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which, they, they get some good bits in on uh, Weird Al. Side note, if you've never listened to, there's a, like a like two-minute speech by Ira Glass, who does... This think, American Life. Thank you. Uh, about the importance of creating, because like when you first start your taste is a level of refined that your creative ability has not reached yet, but you have to just make stuff to get to that point where your taste and your creative ability are relatively matched. Just side note, it's great, but um, yeah. And then Floyd makes me desperately uncomfortable because he hugs the cactus and like, I love the mood coming up. Like, all right, I'm ready for this. I'm just going to go get the I tweezers. Just, I have this moment with it because I'm like, okay, on one hand, it's not Moog's fault that he's suddenly trip sitting like six people. And he's doing a wonderful job considering he was not expecting to be trip sitting one person, let alone six I Muppets in the desert. I think he's really bad at it. I mean, he should like, but also it's he a keeps show. letting them wander off on their own. Uh, but it's also the mayhem. He leaves like, when Nora leaves again and he's like, okay, have a good trip. Nora is a falconer is fucking funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but he like leaves Floyd next to the cactus. He's been hugging to go like, no, take Floyd with you, man. He's going to hug. And then he immediately hugs the cactus. My new friend. <laughs> uh, lips gets a vision of the st- the celestial stars telling him to save, save the, the world <laughs> and lips opens his eyes and it's fucking amazing. Um, zoot doesn't take any, doesn't, doesn't take he doesn't any. eat sugar cause it rots your brain. Um, and that's the whole bit is that he hands the bag to, uh, Moog and then Moog finds out that it was, it, that it expired in 1992. But zoot, because he's still zoot shows up, takes a photo of each person goes, you guys make a lovely couple. And I actually did love that when we later see the photos, they're all the hallucinations yeah. that are happening. Animal is sitting up on top of a rock, going, baby. And he's talking to, they brought the baby animal Muppet from before and have the two of them together. And I did not know it could get cuter. And the baby version is very erudite. You have a great caring heart and you must take care of her. Nay, guide her. <laughs> and Animal fucking tries for the rest of this. It's like, like Animal then it's t- it takes that mission <laughs> on. He goes for it. Uh, Dr. Teeth does have that great stop motion bit. And his, we deal with his fear of commitment, commitment. because he's afraid of being. It's really kind of the same thing Floyd Pepper has going on. Floyd is... Uh, disapproving of everything because he's terrified of disappointing his family or like letting down his family. And 
Dr. Teeth is having the same problem, just kind of from a different angle, because he's terrified of what if I make the wrong choice and let everyone else down. Oh, that's the end of that episode is when that's uh, a great song. I fucking love uh, the song that they come at the end. The uh, we're all going on a journey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That one's really good. Then we meet Dr. Teeth's. That's what I was getting at. Oh, my God. That's just. They show up at the very end of that episode and you don't get to see them and then they go into the next. And we get such good blues rock harmonica music, which I'm a fucking sucker for blues harmonica throughout that entire episode. Yeah, that was really good. And a ton of Dr. Teeth backstory. (laughs) And Floyd. And Floyd. And how they met. I do love that Floyd, uh, he's like, it's really hard to see, not that I don't have my glasses, and it's just because the Floyd puppet has no eyes, Mm -hmm. which is super creepy when you think about it, but... From most angles, it looks like sunglasses and they make a move. So it's kind of like Deadpool's eyes. But like if you see it from the side at all, it's just like these cones of felt <laughs> coming out. It's really unsettling, which is why I, I it, they, they use a similar aesthetic for the Menomina character, mm-hmm. um, which is why I, th- I thought it might be Floyd. I might be. I'm probably wrong on that. Straight up. I never understood that Floyd Pepper was a. Uh, the Beatles reference until they refer to him as Sergeant. I was like, son of a right. bitch. Sergeant and, Floyd Pepper. I also love that he gets kicked out of West Point because uh, he tried to turn uh, tabs into a jazz odyssey. <laughs> uh, Dr. Teeth in his, in his dentist look is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Both. He looks uncomfortable and it makes me uncomfortable. Young, young Dr. Teeth was interesting. Although the moment that he starts playing harmonica and you're like, yeah, there we go. Uh, do love a bit of a, uh, of over, uh, over like overbearing parent with a, uh, a spouse that is a, yup. Yup. That then at the very end, uh, does a turn of like, well, that's enough of that fucking nonsense. <laughs> We're going to let you actually do what you want now. It does hit a little different when you realize that this has been going on for like 60 years. Yup. Yup. I did (laughs) this one, this one, like, okay, it's them coming down on Nora, but this isn't a bit of like me being annoyed at Nora earlier. I just really liked the, the Muppets confronting her being like, you interrupted the process. (laughs) The reason why we're okay with the process is because it always ends with him saying no. But that said, Nora was right. They yeah. needed to not just, they needed to break the cycle, not just let the cycle keep rolling mm-hmm. through. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. But I thought it was <laughs> funny because they're like, do you realize what you might have just done? <laughs> also, watching Floyd, Janice, and what is it, Lips as the third one, all doing the like, mm, mm, mm. And you're like, oh, I don't know how I'd feel if I had those three disapproving of me. <laughs> like... This is one of the best. I think these two are probably the best episodes of the series. The acid one and the, this one, like just the amount of character development, they fucking kick into 30, 45 like, minutes. It's hard to pick a favorite like that. The acid episode is just so fucking good. So it's probably my favorite, but over like they're like the second episode where animal runs away is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so as I said, we have named our cat after animal. The reason why is because we watched the acid episode of Res Dogs. Nice. And it was right about time for bed. And I needed to like shave my head and I needed a bit of a like buffer between that acid episode and going to sleep. So we put on the acid episode of this and Cece goes, maybe we should name him animal. Like as a joke, we both laughed and went, wait, (laughs) yes, that's perfect. It is now his name. He's at least part Maine Coon, and he looks like Baby Animal, if Baby Animal was gray. <laughs> oh, that cat's going to gonna be so big. That's a handsome cat. You're going to have such a big cat. I know, right? He's figured out how to jump onto counters, and we're like, oh, no. Anyways, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the, the Animal Runs Away episode is fucking great. The acid episode. I, lo- I don't know if... The teeth backstory episode is my favorite, but the amount of character development they shove into it and that I gotta be me song is another really good one. Again, I'm Mm -hmm. a fucking sucker for harmonica. So here we are. It look, this is just one of those episodes that, that further exemplifies one of the great things about the series is like, they give you all this backstory and it just feels natural. Mm -hmm. Like it's, there's no part that feels shoehorned in and I don't know how they did it. Right. This is also where Animal starts to talk to Moog Nora. Um, and try and like <laughs> get them together. And he does guide them, but because he's Animal, he only ever has, he can't ever say more than like a sentence at a time. So, Nora. And like, yeah, yeah, okay. And how they get Animal to just say Nora and like believably get Moog to open up about his feelings for her is impressive. Uh, next one might be my least favorite episode and it's nothing against it. Cause like Kevin Smith's in it and is great. It's also the one that does have, uh, Oh, why am I blanking on his name? It's the Meet Peter the Jackson. Yeah. Peter Jackson. Yeah. Meet no. the Feebles. And it's also the episode with Morgan Freeman. This episode and Paul Abdul. This episode's legitimately great. I think it's because it is the one that is most directly parodying something else. Right. Because it's a direct parody of Peter Jackson's Beatles doc, which I really need to see. I love the Beatles. Well, and I mean, uh, that's the one referenced, of course, all the time. With the way things go downhill, I haven't seen the Beatles one, and I know that some of those motherfuckers could be divas. So I'm sure there's tension there too. That's also the album they're making is the album that broke up the Beatles. So, right. But it also like, like very famously Metallica did some kind of monster. Mm -hmm. And that was a weird rough looking at the band while they were not doing good. Also fucking, um, but this makes me laugh on a giant meta level because in this episode, they are consciously doing what this entire show is been doing the entire time Mm -hmm. because they're making a documentary, letting people see in a look at the making of this album, (laughs) but that's exactly what what we've been doing by watching the the show. It's a show within a show. Fuck you. It's fucking Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Um, It's also, what is that fucking rock mockumentary that, uh, uh, spinal tap. tap, Thank you. That was fucking killing me. (laughs) I, the fucking Kevin Smith jokes at the beginning, though, fucking killed me. Oh, my God. The yoga hosers joke. The amount that whatever he's that willing is. to burn himself. 
I was not expecting yoga hosers joke and I fucking died. I was like, yep, there, there it is. Thank you. There you gave it to Smitty. <laughs> yoga hosers is not well received. If I remember, look, I'm a Kevin Smith fanboy. That movie is great until the last act. Uh, it is fucking horseshit in that last act. Okay. I love, we find out lips is the person that made <laughs> Kevin Smith. Cool. <laughs> Uh, JJ's also trying to get in with Nora again in this episode. Yeah, this is, he gives, I just remember he gives animal bunnies. Yeah. It, it, the, the human plot line is that JJ and Moog are starting to kind of directly compete for Nora and they both sort of lose out because you can't really like they're treating Nora as a prize as opposed to like a person. And the time that it actually starts to work is when JJ stops treating her like that. And even though the relationship doesn't last, he treats her like a person and he actually opens up and stops being smooth guy. Oh, uh, we also find out the, the about the name of uh, the band in this episode. Yeah, because because Penny, of them fighting like Moog sets JJ off to ask how they got their name. Penny named the band Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem because she likes Dr. Teeth. Penny is also directly made into Yoko Ono in this episode. Yeah. To the point that I felt that I don't like Yoko Ono jokes, to be honest with you. Um, Yoko is an interesting woman in her own right, and I don't think it's fair that she's just known as the woman who destroyed the Beatles. They were going to break anyways. She just happened to be the weirdly intense girlfriend that was there to help spark it. And like her and John Lennon were fucking weird. Don't get me wrong, but like it's not really Yoko's fault that the Beatles broke up. It was John and Paul's fault that the Beatles broke up that and being like the first true boy band in history. And no one knew how to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. The band is having their various creative issues this is where we find out that floyd is gifted at uh jingles jingles Mm -hmm. it's fun they do the you know rooftop performance of all you need is love which is straight up the final beatles concert ever done uh i think a better rendition of it is at the end of across the universe but that's just me across the universe is a gorgeous movie no, no, like, I th- I think it's good. As I said, this is just the one that's a direct parody of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I get less, I kind of lose interest a little bit as I go on. Uh, it probably worked for me since I haven't seen most of the stuff. It's directly parodying. I grew up with a dad that was basically, he wasn't straight up running, but he was like one of the highest ranking people in a classic rock station. So I grew up around this kind of stuff a lot so for me it's a lot more of like the history of yeah it's weird that i knew of your dad before i knew you if you lived in missoula in the 90s you knew of my dad before you knew me yeah you no know, that's it's true, just, <laughs> it's true but it's just weird to think about um the next one was probably the weakest one for me i didn't really care for the minecraft one all that much that's fair there's some good bits there's some good cameos like all uh it's got uh ricky lindholm it's got nicole Byer. it's got uh yeah the 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 super fan bit like it was kind of funny because of who they all were and shit uh, the muppets get online uh and get they all get phones and start uh, the natalie merchant marines line made me fucking laugh (laughs) so hard funny that one got both me and my Uh, brother 
they got lips and then he's later thrown through the window is the part that made me laugh so hard. Um, also the fucking guy from why can't I ever Boyle from Brooklyn nine, nine shows up in this, but not as Boyle. Uh, oh I yeah. He's running the I Minecraft, uh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. concert mm-hmm. that they're doing. Um, I, I think I agree with you. Oh, this is all this also the start of the first Shirleyans. This is where sure. because they've gotten so smooth, but they still have to have their big climax. We have to have the moment where everything starts to go wrong for sure. And <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and we start to have that with the, um, the, the band being introduced to social media and their phones and them getting addicted and, and also addicted to TikTok. Really getting addicted to like the internet age, which I understand as someone who has checked my phone twice at least while we're recording this. I am addicted to that little motherfucker and it's not good, but I will say I appreciate that as much as they like call out phone addiction and like legitimately all that kind of stuff, they also use all of that to fix stuff in a later episode. So it's not something as trite as like modern technology is bad. Right. That would have bothered me. Uh, the we're going to perform on Minecraft in front of however millions of people. I like the song and I like the moment that they just wing it and finally finish the song perfectly. I don't care about online live shows across video games. I know Fortnite and Minecraft and a few others do it and people love it. So more power to you, but I don't. Yeah. Overall, the episode is solid like with like bits throughout it but like season wise it's not the strongest of the episodes it's a transitory episode yeah so it's 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 hitting the notes that it needs to hit to put the plate people put all the pieces in place for the next episode where basically everybody's broken up in the next Mm -hmm. episode so the the last two kind of almost felt more like a two-parter to me. Oh, sure it really up. does. It mm-hmm. really does. Every other one most at least finishes its A plot with the kind of ongoing B plot throughout the show. The last two don't. Yeah, they definitely flow into <laughs> mm-hmm. each other. Uh, the album's complete. They're going to play the Hollywood Bowl, but the band is getting more and more separated by their various new games. Janice is accidentally consciously unbanned. Janice has accidentally created an online cult, the Forshirlians, which I don't know if you've seen anything about the Love Has One cult and Mother God. It was an online cult that ended with the Mother God, the the Janice character, uh, drinking herself to to death, and then they just carried her mummifying corpse around for a couple weeks. Yikes. Yeah, internet cults get fucking weird, dudes. <laughs> uh, believe sure. me, my partners watched a couple of uh, doc- uh, true crime documentaries on them recently. They are fucked up. Sorry, which ones? Um, uh, something on the S- Sacred Heart, Sacred Flame Heart or something. Oh, I've heard Twin Flame or something There like it is. That. I don't know anything about that one. I've There's heard like stuff. There's like two documentaries. She watched both of them pretty back to back. Look up. I think it's on HBO Max weird. or I guess just Max now. Uh, Love has won the cult of Mother God. It's supposed to be pretty good, and it covers this okay weirdo group. Uh, they got kicked out of um Hawaii during COVID because they weren't. They already they they got kicked out for not following COVID restrictions, but they were already looking for reasons because this woman showed up and declared herself the this white woman the reincarnation of Pele, the volcano god, and it turns out Hawaiians don't like it when white women do that. <laughs> yeah. 
Rightfully. Anyways, Janice has created her cult. Uh, Animal has become a TikTok star, which I would watch his, just him spinning around going, TikTok, TikTok. Like, I don't use, I have TikTok on my phone. I do not use it. But I would follow Animal. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I'd get on TikTok. Suit has gotten... Zoot's gotten the phone camera and is suddenly becoming respected as a like gifted photographer, even though he just takes shitty, blurry photos. But he also got rid of his uh, his Polaroid camera, which is really sad. Um, uh, Lips is uh, going full bore on trying to save the world, <laughs> doing a TED talk to save the world. I love him and his <laughs> black turtleneck. Yeah. And... Mr. Lips has a vision to change the world. Yeah. We all had experiences in Joshua Tree. He saved the world. I was a falconer. It was a knight. <laughs> um, uh, oh, my God. The Dr. Teeth oh, and Penny doing the taste test of different spicy things. Was so Spicy videos. Uploading spicy videos to the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's basically them doing hot ones, but not. And just him going blind from it. <laughs> like, everything's still kind of fuzzy. <laughs> and then... Floyd is becoming the jingle maker and her attempt to like bring them together to talk about it. They get Mr. The God. Yeah, that was great. Charlemagne, the God, uh, and they unbanned also another joke that should not work in the year 2023. It was old in like 1997 is explaining a, uh, a website name. H T M L. Two of them little dots, but they're stacked up on top of each other. Yeah, I've used the internet before. Like <laughs> uh, a couple of them sideways leaning. Um, uh, w, and I mean the letter W, not two, two W, not two U's. Moog is very upset that Nora has destroyed his favorite band, and she she's now the uh, CEO of Waxtown Records. Yep, she found that she's leaving it with them. JJ's excited because they're going to have bigger, more, in his words, more important bands. And be a big power couple. And she's realizing that, like, I don't need to be a power couple. I don't need to take everything by storm. I just want to make music, and I care about this band and this music. Uh, Kind of reversing everything for before she didn't really give a shit about the band. And now she's the only one who's still keeping everything together. Uh, And then they decide to bring everyone together for the Hollywood Bowl. Janice has her full on fucking creepy ass compound. Right. You know, as you do. As you do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like Nora then goes and tries and gets everybody back and can't do it and has to check in with everybody. Zoot's doing really well, really fast. That was a big building. He, he has a big building <laughs> with his uh, with a very long table that he refuses to let anybody get uh, close to him with. Again, that joke was kind of hackneyed when it was used in <laughs> Tim Burton's Batman movie in 1989. And then why can I? I, I was completely blanking on Christian Shaw's oh, yeah, uh, name Shaw. until I tried to say it. She is funny. She's really good in that. I bit. love Christian Shaw. She's exactly the kind of cameo you want for a Muppets thing. Yeah. Animals TikTok famous, but uh, Animals the one working with them to get everything back because his TikTok addiction was mostly the previous episode. Was that? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, it definitely. Well, once Nora's like, we fucking, we didn't work, and she disappears and she leaves town. He's then he's animals like, like <laughs> animal animals Nora able to get everybody on, on. Yeah, Nora gone. It, she goes. She and Moog try to go, try to save everyone. It doesn't work. So she leaves and just leaves. She's like, well, fuck it. I tried. I'm out. I'm done. I'm having a complete breakdown. I'm, I'm calling the Hollywood Bowl to cancel it because I don't I'm think an it asshole. works that easily. No, I bet it doesn't, but like she doesn't. Okay, and in fairness, yeah, it's kind of a dick move, but also, literally, Dr. Teeth is going overseas. Like, she canceled, and maybe that's a dick move, but like... Magic of the mayhem. Okay, I'm just saying. (laughs) Um, But, Animal... Drive! No, I don't think you... I drive! You're like, oh god, no! (laughs) Um... Animal recruiting all of them by just saying the words Nora gone, and then being like, well, we can't let that happen. Oh, no. Okay. Gets me. <laughs> like, it shouldn't. <laughs> it's. Nora's gone. I liked her. I'm coming, Nobu. <laughs> yeah. And once again, Lips thinks Nora's dead. And I don't know why I laugh so hard every time. I'm like, wait, who thought Nora was dead? And they all look over and he's in all black with the umbrella, just like sobbing. And I'm going, dare, dare. <laughs> so good. Oh my God. Uh, we get the van back from the classic Muppet movie. Yeah, that was a bit that I didn't catch the first watch through is that they're in they're in a van. They're in a different van at the start of it that mm-hmm. gets stolen by the various super fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Then they find in the garage the tour bus that they originally were on. Right. That was a bit that I missed on my original watch through. I thought they just found the van again in the garage. Magic of the like man. lived here all this time. We <laughs> haven't looked in the garage. We live here. <laughs> and they fix things through the magic of the mayhem. Literally just, I mean, one, they use modern technology, the things that they were having problems with to fix things. And I do appreciate, especially on a fucking show on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. That they don't just write off because that would have been the most hackneyed technology. No, technology in itself is not bad. We have to adapt to how we use it, yada, yada, yada. But yeah, when they're riding down the road singing Join Together, I'm with her on that one of like getting kind of emotional and animal on the top. Just fucking. Yeah, that's great. It's <laughs> so good. It gives me chills thinking about it. Join together. Beautiful moment of connection. And then our final big performance bit. Right. They're actually performing the Hollywood Bowl. They decide just to be friends with JJ. JJ's actually cool about it. Statler and Waldorf show up. We get that very emotional moment of Dr. T thanking Nora for like, when you think about it, as annoying as Nora has been, Dr. Er, She's done stuff. Oh, yeah. To utterly changed the lives of all of these characters in ways that no one has done in 50 years of Muppets. Janice talked about a sister that she (laughs) never has spoken about before. That's some like fucking like parents who had not been accepting him for 50 years are now at his show being proud of him. Like when he starts crying and crying, all thanks to label lady. I'm just like, yeah, it is Mm -hmm. like, and then, and then she understands. She understands lips. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I understood lips. It's because you're one of us now, Dorothy. <laughs> and, um, that, okay, so that's a fucking bit that that uh, 
I love the misnaming of characters throughout this whole series of just like giving them random names, like Morg. Yeah. Constantly of misnaming mm-hmm. Moog. I just need to get that one. I've just remembered how much you I call me whatever that. you want. Just let me be a part of this. <laughs> Or just calling her Nobu throughout the whole thing. Yeah, Nobu. No, like, it makes no sense. Um, uh, then that final song is just legitimately also, I mean, every song is really fucking good. It's weird how good these puppets are. I mean, obviously the people behind it, but like, they have to still do the voices that they did for this mm-hmm. goofy puppet show. And they're making legitimately good music with it. It's kind of like how I'm confused how much I like death, the death album from death clock. Oh yeah. Cause death album is fucking great. That's <laughs> why I awake it. God damn. I'll listen to death album just right commits now. Commits to the bit. I, oh my God. Mermaider. Mermaider. Mermaid. <laughs> and it's a then, song about mermaid murder. <laughs> uh, they see the album like in stores. Yeah. They've successfully created the album. Now it's time to go on tour because what you tour for is albums. They yeah. want to buy out all the copies and give them away for free. <laughs> no, do not do that. Uh, and then, you know, magic, the mayhem, they find a way to go on tour and Nora and Moog almost kiss, but animal uh, gets in the way because animal's great. Again, such a G rated thing. And as much as I'm like, yeah, you guys are going on tour. I'm like, being on a bus with the mayhem full time would get really old really fast. This is why Moog needs to come with his Jeep <laughs> and his and his van life and trailer. And they can live in their little van life trailer. So that way they can cl- get down to clown. I was about to say, so they actually have somewhere to bone Fuck. that's not around all of them. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, I feel like Animal would be like... You own a cat. You know yeah, that sometimes... Animal would do all of that. Sometimes the cat's just like... I'm not going to make you stop, but I do need to stand on your back. <laughs> um, this is still my space. So <laughs> it's like when my I dog can't stop you from doing what you're doing, but I'm going to be here for it. It's like when my dog actively refused to get off the bed and just like pouted in the corner being like, if I pout enough, you'll stop. And we're like, Ginger, get out. <laughs> no, stop this. No, <laughs> no, you're really ruining the mood. It's not gonna stop it you're just ruining it <laughs> uh, anyway yeah, there could have been a second season i get how they set up for a possible second season i don't think it's in any way needed i think it worked perfectly as a like they told the story then they're done it honestly might work better with them setting up for it and then us never getting it yeah in all honesty leave us wanting more i'm perfectly fine i love what i've gotten and if they, for some reason, come up with a concept that they think works well to do a second season, let's do it. Um, the evident- fact, sorry, evidently, the show creator, Adam Goldberg, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, um, is, uh, has, has like said that he wants to do like a greater Muppets universe where like they just like pick up stories. That's just like, OK, Muppet Mayhem. This I is, think it's a great idea. This is what the mayhem is doing. And then let's do something where fucking what's Sam the Eagle up to? What's Swedish chef been doing? I don't <laughs> want to say Sam the Eagle might have accidentally gone QAnon, but like you don't want to say impossible. he was at January 6th, but he was probably there. <laughs> but also like fucking no. <laughs> you could just put Rolf in a workplace comedy and I'd watch that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And do characters like, Rolf and Scooter, like, do lesser known, like, you basically you remake Louie, except it's just Fozzie. 
<laughs> you know what? It'll age better than Louis did then. Yes, I would watch the shit out of that. Um, oh my god. So yeah, I don't think this is necessarily like the end of it, it's the Muppets. They're gonna do other Muppets. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. We'll get other cool, great Muppets, and I'm gonna love it probably. Can you picture that? I can. With glee and hope. Uh, okay, we've been going long on this already, but I have one last question. Yo. We only got the Statler and Waldorf cameo. If there was any other Muppet you could have saw show up in this, who would it have been? Rizzo. Gonzo and Rizzo always. Yeah, Gonzo. But like Rizzo and the other rats, you could have fit really easily into this. I might say Pepe Prawn. I don't like Pepe as much as a lot of people do. I like Pepe. Pepe is um great in that he's a real scuzz bag. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's a good he's a Muppet, so he can't be terribly scuzzy. Um he, he's the scuzziest a Muppet can get before becoming a feeble. Right? So after Muppets in Space, when they were doing Muppet stuff, Gonzo no, started bear. to be kind of the bear from Muppets in Space. Who's like, oh, that bear appears a couple oh. of times, but like, I think that's his yeah. big one. Yeah. Sweetums. Sweetums would have been good. Uh, we'll just say the, uh, real quick. Uh, Pep, after Muppets in Space, Pepe started to kind of supplant Gonzo as like the main Muppet. Because in like that 90s, it's weird to call it a trilogy, but it's kind of a trilogy of movies between Christmas Carol, Pirates, mm-hmm. and In Space. Gonzo was like the main through line through those ones. And then Pepe kind of started being the, the face for the audience for a bit. And I remember as a kid disliking Pepe because he was supplanting Gonzo. Yes. Concur. Which is unfair and fucking weird, but no, Gonzo's better. <laughs> you know, well, Gonzo is better. What was your question? Oh, that was it. What other Muppets? Oh, yeah. What about you? I already forgot about it. Oh, me. Uh, I said Pepe. Oh, right. That's where we got I'm off. I'm so on that tired, tangent. guys. I am just. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm. I think I'm. Out I think of we're muppeted out. It's sleepy time. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. It's yeah. time to sleepy. play the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to get things started for the Muppets. Okay, I'm done. Um, but the next. outro song. We're playing the outro song, Zach. We don't know it, Isn't but that we're just the musical version of the intro. I think song? so. Yeah. So we do the outro to the, to the Hulk instead. Sad piano music. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe the name of the piece is the lonely man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, next time we are doing what we did last time. We are going back and we are finishing reservation dogs. Cause we still had like four episodes to do. And it's probably going to be the ones that we have the most to fucking talk about. There's so much in those episodes. It's probably a really good thing. We decided to just, it was going to be a four hour episode. <laughs> like, whoops. Yeah, um, probably not. Yeah. Probably better to record <laughs> without me. <laughs> so, uh, yep. Thanks for listening. I'm remembering how to do this podcast. Uh, in the meantime, we're your channels of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. That's Steven. Bye. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends, we always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, 
email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. While you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, Go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.